there's going to be this group of cats. We still have no idea why they do what they do. Sorry for saying sorry media presents the Purr Podcast. The best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And it's Dr. Susan Little. And this is the second out of our amazing podcast series with... With Dr. Joe Just because, you know, there was too much of you for one. I know. <laughs> you give an academician a chance to talk and they'll uh, never stop. Yes, that's true. We have to cut them off. Yeah. yeah. But we it's to our benefit, to so we get to talk to you <laughs> it twice. It is, it is. So thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, asking me to be on the podcast. You know, you're, you're reminding me... Um, I just saw some Canadian data um, uh, uh, from the Canadian Neuralist Center saying that in, maybe in the last year or so, struvites are uh, on the up, uptick again, at least in Canada. Huh. So we're seeing, and this is submission. So I always, yeah. you know, I always caution people yeah. when you look at Neuralist Center data, right? That's submissions, and that there's that a bit is of a, people cutting right. out it is, struvite stones. It is, so. but yeah. they're but they're that's not necessarily totally equivalent to what the mm-hmm. population no. is. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know the the other the probably the biggest center, the Minnesota Center, and even the U- University of California yeah. Davis Center has. It's it sort of leveled off in the '90s. Calcium oxalate became much more common than struvite, and then after that, it's sort of like It's in the low 40s each, so you end up with 85-ish yeah. percent yeah. Yeah. to 90 percent in cats that are either calcium oxalate struvite, and then you still have that other 10 percent that are other minerals, yeah. whether urate or cysteine or, or complex. So the last complex. year of Canadian data has struvite jumping up again. Maybe it's a year's blip, who knows? Huh. But you know, I guess, I guess it just points out that it's a, it's a shifting thing over time. The other yeah. thing they noticed is that they've had an increase in, uh, and Yola will like this, of uh, sutronitis stones. They've, they've well, and that's probably where then the struvite comes from because See? they're leaving the nidus for infection and they're getting actually infection due struvite, not sterile struvite. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's something that Yola is, you know, and uh, and me too, right? Because surgery is not benign yeah, necessarily, no, no. right? And so, uh, so I, I forgot to tell you that. And it's I, contraindicated I for struvite. Yeah. You know, we can yeah, do the whole podcast We can dissolve again. them. I know that's Yay. the whole thing. So, yeah. uh, so we were quickly. Big, you can dissolve pro- them in cats. Yeah, but yeah. that's the thing. We're big proponents of just starting on a diet. See if you can dissolve mm. them. If they're not, then they're probably not struvite. So it is completely different than, mm. than let's take them out and see what it is. Yeah. yeah. It, it just well, I think it depends though on how clinical they are. But yeah, I mean, struvite stones in cats, the sterile struvites dissolve in a week to two weeks yeah. and sometimes up to four, depending on what diet you use. Yeah. So they dissolve really quickly. So I get um, veterinarians, I, I know my opinion on this, but I'm going to ask you. So they say it's a male cat. And he's got a struvite zone. I think he's got a struvite yeah. zone. And I'm afraid to put him on a diet. Because you know what they're going to say. That's the only explanation that they want to do surgery. Because yes. if they don't do it, they'll obstruct. They'll obstruct. And that's true with veterinarians who do surgery on the other species as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, if you control their clinical signs, they don't obstruct. Most and most cats and the other species, when you do dissolution, um, they're not clinical. You help with their clinical signs. They don't strain, so they don't push the stone out. Yeah. Um, and so actually, the number of cats that obstruct why you're dissolving them, and because they dissolve so quickly, yeah. is actually very, very That's low. my so experience, too. how many have too. you seen yeah. in your life that really mm. obstruct? Because I asked with, with while we're doing dissolution? Yeah. yeah. In cats? Yeah. Because I asked the same question to Jody Lulich, and I'll give you the answer ah. afterwards. Hmm. Uh, not many. I don't uh, remember the last one. I, I can't think of any, hmm. but I'm sure I've seen them. But if it's a dozen, it's probably Yeah, he said lot. zero. 
Yeah, I can't think of any. Yeah. So, but, so but I, I'm I, trying to be conservative yeah, and say, okay, yeah, pro- probably yeah. a handful. Or but two, I think the point is, maybe. it's not it's not a relevant risk no. or not not a relevant reason. No, to but cut it's the a, cat. it's it's a justification for like I'm just going to take care of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, realizing it's not a totally, you know, totally benign. Yeah, procedure. Procedure. Yeah, it's totally not a benign procedure, and I'm the surgeon. <laughs> and he's that. a surgeon. Yeah. So that's that's how I look. So at So they're it. revoking your diplomacy. <laughs> 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 no, they probably will. That's it. There's a letter in the mail as we speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't come back. Yeah. Don't come back. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, but You're no, out. thank you. Yeah, there was, there, yeah you're, so you have to uh, hand in your scalpel. That's right. That's so what end. is the coolest internal medicine cat disease that you can think of, except for the yellow gold thing? Ooh, cool. Outside of the yellow. Yes, Ooh. outside of the yellow. The coolest cat disease internal medicine. Maybe from Georgia. Is there anything cool in Georgia that's happening that other people could say, wow, we don't have that? Like... Ooh, so it depends on what you mean by cool. <laughs> cool, frustrating is one thing, and cool, mm-hmm. like this is really cool. We need to, and we're working on this. is a whole is a whole different answer. Um, I think one of the outside the urinary tract cool things um, is chronic interop- chronic intestinal disease. Oh and, yeah, and the differentiation of inflammatory bowel disease or food response whatever versus lymphoma, lymphoma is a very interesting one to me. Mm. Yeah. Um, I and think, not that easy. Uh, no, not. Uh, it's not. I think feline diabetes really fascinates me. Mm. Why? Um, because it's so representative of and closer to diabetes in humans than what we see in, in the, the other in species. In the other species. Um, and the fact that diet plays a role but there's probably other things that we could figure out that hmm. if we put effort into it to figure out how to um, even detect earlier and prevent oh, them coming in yeah overtly yeah I agree with you there we we have we are really poor at sort of like mm. preclinical or pre-diabetes you know in, in right. human medicine that's right. a big thing right right and when do we find and we find when you're overtly diabetic right and then we can yeah. sometimes pull them back that sure whatever percent whoever you believe yeah 30 to 80 or whatever, whatever it is but yeah we can pull yeah. them back and get them off insulin but yeah yeah. Um, but it would never be acceptable in human medicine, you know, to, to diagnose so late no, disease, right? Like, come see me when you're sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, I, those are coolish kind of. I think it would be very me. cool to have a, a, a reliable way to, to, to know diabetes is coming, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And so can we uh, make some changes? Maybe it's dietary, right? Whatever it is, weight loss. And can we, can we avert that disaster? Yeah. I mean, how much better would that be? Well, it would be a game changer. Yeah, it would be a game changer. I mean, it's not an it's not an uncommon disease. Yeah, know? yeah. So, anybody working on that? Mm, I don't anybody know anybody's working specifically that? on yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. So there That's you what go. We need. All we need is money. <laughs> if you're listening, all we need is money. <laughs> That's right. Um, the Wind yeah. Foundation is listening. Yeah, we were t- we in another uh, podcast. Well, Morris we, Animal we Foundation, Wind Morris. Foundation. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, kind of where a lot of that funding comes from yep. for studies in veterinary medicine. Yeah, yeah money is coming from. Yeah. Uh, so what other cool yeah. cat? Um, I guess what cool interests cats. you? Yeah, what interests you? Well, P, but he said beyond P. Beyond P. Um, yeah. But is there something new in P? Except for the fact that you know, so what wakes you up at night and you Ooh. think about P? P. Probably needing to pee. Needing to pee. Okay, that means I'm, I'm getting to an age where, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, what about P? Oh, walk right um, into that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I would. I, I still have a very strong interest and in, do still do research with stone disease, and I think mm. 
we can manage these things. We can dissolve many of them. We still can't dissolve calcium oxalate. That'd yeah, be kind of so a nice, fun way there. to do it. That's but good. I would still like to come up with a way. How do we just totally prevent it? And just yeah, uh, it's a disease of the past. Yeah. So so there there are now diets that claim that they prevent the calcium oxalate dissolve that dissolve the calcium. No, no, then. prevent the the formation, but they can't dissolve. So what is the what is the clue here? So what do we need to do to be able to do that? To dissolve, to dissolve to calcium dissolve, oxalate yeah. stones. Hmm. Yeah. In, in uh, oh, if I knew that, I yeah, wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be retired. That's right. Yeah. And not yeah. only in not only in cats and other species, but yeah, those but other species include humans. Could, yeah, they do. Yeah. If someone could do it, it's you. Oh, oh. I don't know about that. I, I think we need to get a better. So I have this suspicion that stone formation starts in the kidney. It's just cat and, and other species kidneys are designed in such a way that. We don't see a lot of kidney stones, mm. except in older cats in particular. And that it probably starts there, but ends up, the issue I'm not sure is in the bladder. Mm. Ah. I think it's higher up. That's and, interesting. And in people, we know that it develops in the tissue of the kidney and it kind of migrates microscopically into the lumen of the kidney and then attaches and it grows into a kidney stone. And I would bet because cat kidneys are very simple, they don't have the big diverticulases and stuff that and finger-like mm. pockets that people have, that it may start there kind of microscopically, and then it gets down to the bladder, and then because of the way you know, cats only void sometimes once a day, and it's a small volume, it's very concentrated, yeah. then that allows it to grow. But I have a suspicion that it, the problem is not at the bladder level. So here's and then the question is, what's going on in the kidney and what can we do about it at the kidney mm -hmm. and then that's where this applied to other species because I have a feeling that's probably calcium oxalate I think probably begins there the wind feline foundation has been funding cat health studies for 51 years if you have a cat or have ever treated a cat nearly everything we know was once funded by this nonprofit totaling about 6.5 million dollars from understanding retroviruses, FELV and FIV, to more recently targeting gene defects responsible for HCM in the Ragdoll and Maine Coon breeds. The Wind Feline Foundation Pet Memorial Program offers veterinary professionals an opportunity to reassure clients that their beloved cats have not been forgotten. And those dollars support health studies that benefit the lives of all cats. Contributions totaling $150 or more receive a certificate suitable for framing or display in your clinic. Imagine being able to treat kidney disease more effectively, using stem cell therapy to cure stomatitis, or drugs to treat FIP are actually within grasp. Consider your support in telling your clients about the Win Feline Foundation and a free newsletter at winfelinefoundation.org. So, so that makes me wonder um, if you are an outdoor cat and you can, you know, urinate whenever and wherever mm. you want. Does that decrease your risk of having? Do we know that? But I that, don't think we know that. That doesn't make any difference for the the, the start. And the kinetic, you probably pee them, pee them out because ah. they're smaller. But I, I think it's really well. But I don't know that they do about. that either. I don't know that they do mm. that either. I think the other. I think one issue, of course, is. Calcium oxalate stones tends to be a disease of middle-aged or older cats. Yeah. And so how many truly feral cats live to be 15? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then they're probably not truly feral because somebody's feeding them, somebody's yeah. managing them, somebody's husbandering them to some degree. They're just not pets. Yeah. So, so is this uh, a disease of domesticated 
cows. Well, it is in people. Um, calcium oxalate stone is a, is a disease of industrialization. So prior to industrialization in the United States, in Europe, in Japan, in, in the Middle East, um, calcium oxalate was not the most common stone. It, they tended to be struvite or urate stones related to diet and infections. Hmm. And then with industrialization, it has moved in all parts of the world with industrialization to calcium oxalate, and actually from lower urinary tract stones to upper urinary tract stones. Just like we see in the cats. Just like we see in cats. But if it's an older, so is it in humans also an older human disease? Um, it tends to be, but there's some other things that they know about people that we don't know in, in cats. I yeah. want to say the D word, yeah. but yeah, in cats. Almost. almost, I tried. I, I stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I meant to say gods. Yeah. Just <laughs> like that. Yes, but, um, that's the new keyword. So, um, that is true, except in situations where there are um, metabolic errors. So um, you see it a lot, a lot. You see it in especially females that are in their twenties and thirties because those they're prone to renal tubular acidosis, and the underlying metabolic defect is in a lot of calcium in the urine, so they form stones. Mm. You see it a lot in younger and older, but one mechanism which we don't know occurs in in cats is underlying intestinal disease where they're absorbing too much oxalate. In fact, there's a whole oxalosis foundation. There's five or more types of what's called um, enteric oxaluria, hyperoxaluria. So they're absorbing too much oxalate and they're dumping out in their urine and they're forming stones. So these are mm-hmm. genetic mutations? Yeah, or? they're genetic mutations. Uh, or, or underlying uh, GI disease. But it's interesting, in, the old, in older cats, you talk to owners they have calcium oxalate stones, and you ask them, have they had any GI problems? Well, it's not uncommon for them to say that, no, but you have to ask, like, what do you mean? I don't think it's normal for a cat to vomit periodically. I don't think cats yeah. should be vomiting hairballs. Yeah. And so you, you find out that these cats often have, like, oh, yeah, they, you know, they vomit every once in a while because of their fur or something. I was like, well, that's still not normal. Um, mm-hmm. Or they have had diarrhea, not consistently, but... A couple episodes, and you go, well, maybe they actually do have this subclinical GI disease that is a predisposition. But I think that's just well. common, period, in cats. You know, but to have... Com- how, com- how, how could that be common evolutionarily no, for, some, for a wild cat to go, I, wait, yeah. I gotta take, I gotta stop your urine. Yeah. I got it diarrhea, you know? <laughs> but in my patient population, but, I think most vets would say it's common. Right, but we yeah. ignore it. We, 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 oh, like, I, agree. I agree. We don't manage it. I we agree. just say, well, if it's not happening, don't, you don't need to do I anything. Agree. And if it's only once a year, it's only around Christmas if it's only... But in nature, probably they won't reach 10 years. No, probably age. not. And it's the same with people. If you Before the industrialization, probably people... Well, died of other things. I mean, exactly. in their 60s, 50s. Exactly. So yeah. you know, maybe they didn't have the time. Now everybody... I mean, there's people that are in 10 right now. I mean, yeah. they probably have a higher chance of... Well, but I guess what I'm getting to is we, we know a whole lot more in humans as to why calcium oxalates can form, yeah. and we don't know that in cats or other species. So there has been some, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought there'd been at least some investigation looking at um, oxalate. Very minimal. There, yeah. there has been um, yeah. more in the other species than in cats. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, inhibitors, there's been a little bit, mainly in the other species. I don't think of any in cats. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even in people who have cystic fibrosis, they're prone to forming calcium oxalate kidney stones because of chronic antibiotic use, because it kills a bacteria that's present in the gut that metabolizes oxalate. That has not been looked at in cats, but in the other species, there are some dogs who don't have that bacterial, it's called oxalobacter, that don't have oxalobacter, and 
they absorb too much oxalate from their gut. But we don't know in cats. We know a whole lot less in cats than So others. the other wrinkle in cats is that with, with calcium oxalate stones, a chunk of those cats are hypercalcemic. Yeah, depending on who you read, maybe up to 20%. Yeah. And most commonly, probably idiopathic. Yeah. So again, we don't know why. Yeah, and that's um, not like... Versus a, dog. Yeah. Versus, I said it, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. So, we'll, we'll, I'll we'll pay for you. the shot. We're good. Um, yeah. Versus the other species, yeah. where about 4% are hypercalcemic. Yeah. And that's usually due to either hyperparathyroidism or to Cushing's disease. Yeah, so in the cat, in it's the cat. idiopathic. Idiopathic. We're, yeah. idiots, we're idiots because we don't know what causes pathology. We don't the pathology. know the pathology. Yeah. So to me, that's one, of the, that's one of the nuts I would like to see cracked be, you know, in my lifetime. Yeah, and I, I wish I knew the answer to that too. Yeah. I think it's actually probably going to be something related to vitamin D and vitamin D receptors. Mm. Not that their vitamin D intake or levels are high, but that they have an upregulation of the vitamin D receptor and they're absorbing too much calcium from their Because gut. why are we upregulated? Um, well, that's a good question. Mm. What is it that's unique about the cat that makes them do that? What's not unique about that? Yeah, well, I, you know, so so I've been borrowing. I've been borrowing a phrase from a, a, a lect, from a Dr. Sarah Boston, who's a, an oncologist, who says cats are aliens, and and I so I've been saying that a lot in lectures now. Like, why cats does this are not happen? aliens? Cats are gods. <laughs> well, yeah, but when you start to look at you know their their physiology and, and these things that we don't know why they happen, I, well, I, my, my I, answer is they're aliens. I think I, what's I interesting about cats is they sort of fall in between things. They, they do. kind of have metabolism similar to cows in some ways. They're funny, like fat metabolism. Yeah. They have metabolism sort of different to other species or yeah. somewhere and they're sort of somewhere in the middle yeah yeah they don't align really well with they them. also say that octopi are aliens but they debunked <laughs> that just like a year ago so. how, do, how do they know that <laughs> i mean their genetic makeup is completely different than anything else so that's why they say they were dropped in the ocean because of aliens, so, like aliens they may still aliens. be aliens though maybe <laughs> yeah. they're cloaking their alien dna or whatever so, yeah, so octopi are a bit of a thing yeah, because it's, sensitive. it's a sensitive topic yeah. oh, okay. because um, Yola has, in the not too uh, distant past, discovered that they are very, very smart. No, I knew oh, yeah. So, I knew so we're no longer allowed to eat them. No. So it's like eating flipper or little so, baby seals. So, you know. so, so I, hate, I hate the burst your bubble, but it's not going to stop me. <laughs> so last night at dinner, we had sushi, and yeah. there's slices of octopus yeah, there. Yeah. Couldn't eat that. Really into octopus. No, no. No. But you should think that was not the very smart octopus <laughs> because they were so, they're on the, There you go. <laughs> it's it's survival of the fittest. Okay, it's selecting for the ones that aren't that, getting caught. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I feel better now. So. Okay. Next time I'm going to Well, eat it was funny. I used to, just at a really uh, tangential story. I used to help there was dolphins at one of the Did you eat aquariums? Them? No. <laughs> but they had a, a kidney disease and so we used to go I used to go up once a year and meet with the veterinarians and look at the dolphins and and other. But we were there one time and they took us to eat lunch at this commercial aquarium and where I'm looking at the menu and there's a fish sandwich on it. So I was like, are these, are, why do you have fish sandwich at an aquarium? Like, are these the ones that you couldn't train or what? Right. Like, that just doesn't seem it's right. There's done. something so no. wrong about so this. So many questions. Yeah. <laughs> That's I really good. You. Oh, well. So this has been really great because I think we're at Because oh, <laughs> we haven't part. talked about it. Uh, uh, then, That's so, kind of where our podcasts well, are. Then, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's kind of the true sense of our podcast. Okay. Yes, you know? yeah. You talk and a lot. We're done and we go, no what did we talk about? Yeah, exactly. We might as well be politicians. We be talking a lot and don't say anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we had fun. Yeah. Yes, yes it, has been, it has been wonderful. So thank you for being here. Oh, yeah, yeah. we really appreciate you stopping by. So, so the, the latest hot cat news. Oh, last minute he's putting you on the spot. 
Probably right now, the latest hot cat news is how much phosphorus in the diet is too high. Yeah. Mm. Now, I think the problem is it sort of came out as there is no upper limit known, but it's been interpreted as phosphorus in diet is causing kidney disease in cats, Mm. which isn't true. Um, And when you look at the little bit of data that's out there, there are two issues. One is they use really high phosphorus levels, like two, three times the amount that's control diets, maintenance mm-hmm. diets have. And the second is their calcium phosphorus ratio are, are inverted. Um, there was 0.4, 0.6, even 0.9, mm-hmm. rather than that typical 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. And so uh, I don't know that it's necessarily that high of phosphorus. And I think the issue is you need to look at the ratio as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the other issue, not just the amount of phosphorus, but where the phosphorus is coming from. Source. Uh, I mean, we know, and there's a report that um, inorganic phosphate is more bioavailable, um, uh, bio like 90 plus percent. Organic phosphorus, and which inorganic phosphates are salts that are added as for different reasons, versus organic phosphate that's contained in the meat or in the bone or whatever, mm-hmm. which only have about 70 percent ish bioavailability, mm-hmm. um, and actually aren't associated with. That. So again, it may come back to where are these sources coming from, and, it's, and we need to again look at ingredients and figure out how do we get a better balance, perhaps. Interesting story. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yep. No, thank you. Great Thanks. podcast. Okay. Loved it. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at HerPodcast. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GBE. T-S-X. 